Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Send It With Steph. I'm Steph Leckenstein, your host. And today, I have a very exciting guest who I grew up ski racing with in BC, and she went on to be basically a freeride all-star. She is one of the big faces of Rosignol in North America, and also one of my very close friends who just recently moved up to Whistler. So here we have Meg coming to share her experiencing experiences on transitioning out of racing and into finding your passion after ski racing. Hello, Miss Meggie Meg. I'm so happy to have you on today. How are your ribs doing? I'm doing good. It's my sternum that hurts so bad. No. So what did you do this time? <laughs> Tell the listeners. I'm sure they want to hear. <laughs> um, well, yesterday uh, I bit off a little more than I could chew on my snowmobile and tried to go off a drop. And I ate the handlebars very hard with my chest, a new level of getting the wind knocked out of myself. <laughs> and I cleanly broke my sternum and cracked a few ribs but I'm feeling pretty good oh my god (laughs) did you ever get injured while you were ski racing not really like never (laughs) badly I was super lucky like I got a big concussion at U16 nationals with you oh yeah I remember and that was like probably the worst ski racing injury I got yeah, because you, since retiring, I feel like have been in a boot, a sling, a broken sterna. <laughs> I feel like you've been in everything. <laughs> yeah, this one isn't bad, though. Like, I have a feeling I'll be pretty good to go in a couple weeks. So we'll see. Um, so little background for Meg, for my followers, is we grew up racing against each other. She's from Apex and I'm from Whistler, obviously. So we would race against each other at our, like, I think only at provincials and then bigger races. Um, but Meg like notoriously won all the GSs and I would win all the solemns. So we, and we had the same speed suit. So, you know, we were instantly best friends. <laughs> um, and then we both went into fist together and um, tried out for the BC team our f- after our first year fist. And um, unfortunately, Meg and a few others, it was a huge group that year, but for some reason they decided not to take everyone. And then Meg ended up racing for Alberta. So I would love to hear kind of your, I don't even know, do you even remember like what happened back then? Do you still think about it? (laughs) (laughs) I actually remember my first year fist really well um, in the sense that I was very, very excited for it. I came off pretty heavy and strong and keen for racing. And actually that was one of my other bad racing injuries is I only did the very first race and then I hurt my knee. So I only had, I believe, Super G and GS points. (laughs) And then I hurt my knee and didn't come back until the spring series of that year just to finish a race. So I wouldn't have 999 for the next year. And then I got invited to the spring camps with BC because I did really well in my first race of the year. Mm -hmm. And I did 
really well at the spring camps. I remember doing quite good at Mount Hood. Yeah. And then, but I don't know, I didn't race like everyone else. And there were so many girls all my age trying out that raced all season and did well and crushed my spirits a lot, definitely, because I was very keen into it. And I wanted to be a part of my peer group when a lot of them kept going and I didn't make it. Yeah. Um, and basically, as soon as I didn't make it after one year, I believe I stayed for one more year with, with, oh no, I didn't. No, I think you went I think I left right away. Yeah. yeah. So after that first year of knowing I didn't make it, I think I decided in the fall that I would go over and race for Banff Alpine Racers. And then I raced with them for one year before joining the Alberta ski team because mm. I was pretty sure I didn't have any chances of making the BC team just in the sense that they did like young, young racers and I was nervous and I was very keen to progress. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, including updated odds on the NBA playoffs, fights, and even next season's futures. And don't forget that the MLB is back as well. Who are you picking to win the World Series? Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino game and poker games. It's easy to get started, so head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. Yeah. Yeah. I, for reference, Meg was really good. Like the year we're all, we're both 97 birth years and our year in BC for girls, I feel like was so strong. We had what, there was like seven of us our age that tried out for the BC team that year. And then two older athletes. And I mean, it is super unfortunate that they didn't see the value in like keeping us all together because realistically we could have had such a power team. And, um, I mean, most of, yeah, it just could have been such a big group, but they did not name everyone. And it ended up, (laughs) it ended up kind of biting them in the ass because I, the following year, there was only three of us on the provincial team for BC. And then since then it's just dwindled to now they don't even have one so it is really unfortunate because yeah you guys we were such a kind of strong group and all being the same age was so fun because we like had grown up together (laughs) um but when you went to Alberta you had a really good I feel like provincial team as well they were kind of also very dominant and I think that that was probably one of the biggest Alberta teams they had for a few years was that year you went and you guys were definitely, definitely very good. (laughs) Well, I agree with what you said that the seven of us girls were power crew and it would have been a force to be reckoned with to all stay together. It would have been so amazing. I know it would have been a strong crew that pushed each other because that's exactly what happened when I went over to the Alberta ski team I believe it was 11 boys all on the mm-hmm. team and just two girls and our boys were an absolute force to be reckoned with. They really pushed each other. Um, and it yeah. was a cool environment for sure. I know they, 
I think that a lot of teams miss out on the fact that when you have a strong group of girls, like you have to keep them together because it just does not work to separate them. Like they always see the value in putting the boys together. And for some reason, even now I'm seeing like, they want the girls to stay on their provincial teams at young ages. And they want like people to be kind of separated rather than putting the top ones together. And I just think it's so much more valuable. And also just for like learning how to work with other girls because <laughs> like otherwise later down the road, you have no idea how to compete with your teammates in like a positive way. Um, yeah. Well, you see that in the small, like in the younger clubs too, like there's a reason Whistler Blackcomb does so well. And these like girls or boys pop out of nowhere in U16 yeah. because they've been training in this environment that's like a full-on race all the time there's like mm-hmm. 40 of them that they're competing against every day in training yeah. compared to the little hills yeah percent. it's so much more valuable mm-hmm. so you race for the Alberta team and I mean I feel like you kind of had a like strong first year few years of FIS and you guys had a good team but Unfortunately, again, like the Canadian Devo team kind of didn't open to like a lot of girls and they kept a very small group, which I think was not, (laughs) not to their advantage because it is really hard. Like if you start with only four girls, realistically, only two of them are going to make it. So um, that was kind of your situation. Like our age group had a, a very tough time with the Devo team and you eventually decided to end your racing career (laughs) how did that go was that like were you ready for that (laughs) well the thing was is I was super keen I thought I had a very good chance of making the provincial team so that's what like kept me keen Mm -hmm. and then as soon as I was on a provincial team in Alberta I didn't think I had like I knew in the back of my head I didn't have a chance at going farther like there was (laughs) there was no room to progress like it really wasn't that great of a system. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what really held me back from like going after what I wanted because it just seemed so impossible, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, that's fair. Yeah. So you were very aware of that at the time. I think secretly I was. Like secretly I would have <laughs> loved for it to happen, but secretly in the back of my head, I was like, what's the point like where am I gonna get out of this that's very funny I think I was so um oblivious to everything going on in the world around me that I was like yeah I'm for sure making it it was like never I just don't think I fully understood what ski racing was um but did you how did you find the transition because you went straight out to school right Yeah, I left straight out to school. I wanted to get away from ski racing completely. So I went Mm. all the way to Nova Scotia. (laughs) Um, And it was super fun for the first year to actually live a school experience because obviously with racing, I barely went to high school. Um, And I wanted to actually engulf myself into a friend group and have some fun and be involved with my schooling. Yeah. So I went to Nova Scotia and yeah, it worked for about a year and then year two came around and I had nothing to do on the weekends and I started <laughs> really struggling and realized how much I loved just like 
all around skiing. Yeah. Like it had nothing to do with escaping ski racing. It was escaping skiing in general that really, really hurt. Yeah. Did you, um, when you were in high school, were you in like a regular high school or do you remember your experience in high school? Yeah, I was in a regular public school in small town Penticton. Not so small, a little bit small. <laughs> and, small. Um, I remember I would show up on like Mondays and Tuesdays and people would ask if I still went to this school. And I'd be like, <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, I would show up in just the afternoons a lot of times on Mondays and Tuesdays. So wouldn't even see very many people. Usually would skip the first like six weeks of school being in Europe. Yeah. So, yeah, it was definitely hard. Like, my best friends from school now are the ones I met in about grade six. <laughs> and then I barely hung out with them all of high school. Yeah. And then we came back together after high school once I quit ski racing. Do you think a small part of you wanted to go to a regular university far away from, like, everything you knew just to kind of live out that like schooling experience <laughs> definitely well like yeah. a lot of people when they say like or they talk about like good memories in high school I'm like what are those yeah so, like, exactly it hurts like it definitely <laughs> hurts so like you I to be tried. a regular kid <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes I I can imagine like I know so many times that I've struggled with not being able to say like, oh yeah, I had like a regular <laughs> schooling experience or yeah, like I have all these friends from school and I can imagine if I had retired at the same time as you, 100%, I would have gone to like a regular university and just mm -hmm. tried to live up as much as I could because mm -hmm. it's just such a foreign world to us. Yeah. Um. So you left Nova Scotia, obviously, because now you are living in Whistler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I made it. I made it through my second year barely in Nova Scotia. <laughs> and then I came back and just tried to work and ski in Whistler my first year, waiting to transfer into a university in Vancouver so that I could stay in the area because mm -hmm. I loved it so much. And I ended up waiting two years because I really wanted to go to school on the North Shore to be as close to Whistler as possible. Yeah. And Capilano didn't quite get the program. Mm -hmm. So I waited two years. And yeah, last year I didn't ski much in Whistler because I had that broken ankle. Right. So this year kind of seems like my first year up here. Um, skiing pretty much full time, still going to school. Mm -hmm. But school's a little bit on the back burner it was it was very strongly on the front burner during fall <laughs> yeah. and I took five classes but now I'm just in three and trying to swindle them as online as possible while I live in Whistler and try and ski every day that's so fun that is such a cool change and you worked at the you've coached at the club for a couple of years now right yeah I coached with the Whistler Mountain Ski Club this is my third year. Nice. Um, my first year, I didn't coach all that much, just weekends. And my second year, I coached quite a lot um, as I took on like that head coach position with the U-12s, the young kids. Mm -hmm. 
And then this year, I've taken a huge step back again. And I've probably <laughs> coached about 12 days all winter long. Nice. <laughs> yeah, you... I... Oh, no, sorry. I tr- oh, yeah, I try. And I was staying away at the beginning. And then I would help out when they needed me. And then it turned out they really needed me. So I'd help out as much as I could. But a lot of times I had other things going on. Or I'd be a little bit hurt and I couldn't show up. <laughs> Tons of people take multivitamins, but it's important to choose one that is top quality. With one delicious scoop of athletic greens, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to start your day right. Their special blend of ingredients supports gut health, your nervous system, your immune system energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's also lifestyle friendly and fits a wide range of diets. There's only one gram of sugar and no chemicals or artificial anything. Reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day and that's it. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash believe. That's B-L-E-A-V. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash believe. Disclaimer, these statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Athletic Greens, take ownership of your health. Um, when do you find yourself now being a coach, like, I mean, part-time, do you find yourself just trying to teach them how to like really enjoy ski racing or are you ever, do you ever try to impart any wisdom that you wish you had known as a little kid or are you just like fully the fun coach? Well, I've had the same kids for three years now because I did U12, U12, U14. So I've followed that same one age group and definitely in U12 because they're still 10 and 11 drilled in that like, an all-around sport mm-hmm. and tried to develop everything I love how Whistler works in the sense that we have so many powder days so the kids can learn all different types of skiing yeah um, and U12 we don't train as much gates so it was really awesome to develop and try and share like my love for skiing in general mm-hmm. um, in U14 it's definitely a bit more training focused and the kids know how I work definitely a bit more serious um and I gave that to them as well but still (laughs) still trying to show them that I'm trying to imagine it yeah a little bit more serious for sure this year but still trying to show them that it's an all-around sport and every day after skiing it's like who wants to go for a couple laps like after training Mm -hmm. and like try and get that train going and whatnot that's awesome so a little bit you're like trying to teach them more about the process of ski racing but you're still yeah yeah, I think it's very good that coaches especially at that young age teach them like how to love the sport because if they do end up going far in ski racing you really have to love it otherwise it is such a grind yeah and being like balanced on your skis and like doing cross training I know it was very discouraged myself growing up because I would always hurt myself if I was (laughs) out trying 360s at 11 years old so people made me not do it but I I think that's the wrong approach I think our best U14 athletes the one boy 
can throw a backflip and our best girl landed her first 540 the other day on a pair nice. of non-twin tip skis so it was scary to watch but it was awesome yeah yeah that is really cool I wish I had had more coaches when I was actually in the race club that were into that because a lot of times we'd get in so much trouble for skipping training <laughs> to go powder ski mm-hmm. um Okay. So segueing away from racing, because you have also done some really cool branding stuff. I am so envious of you because you're just like, you seem so happy. You seem so excited about the companies you're working with and correct me if I'm wrong, but Rosignol is like the big one that you have really jumped on board with. Do you want to, I'd love to hear a little bit more about like how you kind of created that partnership and what that looks like for you now. Yeah. So how that began was I did, I know the Rosignol rep in mm. Whistler as do <laughs> you, Manad. Yeah. And he asked me to help him out for a day last year and do this Rosignol photo shoot. So I said, sure. sounds like fun. So I got dressed all funny in my European fit. Yeah. I actually kind of enjoyed it. <laughs> and some carving skis. And I did this one day of shooting for Rosignol. And then as fall rolled around, I kept being on the front page of the Rosignol website. <laughs> the big photo kept being me. It would be change photos and it would still be me. And then I kept getting these like calls from a caller ID, I think in Colorado or something. And I kept ending them. I think it was a telemarker. <laughs> and I got this email and I just reported it as junk because again, I didn't know where it came from. Eventually I answered one of these calls and it was the brand marketing director of Frosignal. <laughs> No way. If I wanted to join their team and be an athlete. And oh my God. Yeah. So that was super cool that they approached me um, in the fall. And it was all based off this one photo shoot. Uh, apparently, when they got the photos in the fall and they had their big meeting, um, my name got thrown around a few times. And their big photographer that they work with out here had really good things to say about me and yeah that's so nice Mm -hmm. that is so cool so you kind of get like what do you get from them you get lots of it seems like lots of product yeah so I I had to sign a contract at the beginning of the year so I only work with Rosigno um and I get lots of ski gear from them. So I'm a head to toe athlete. I'm not supposed to wear anything but Rosignol when it comes to outerwear, goggles, boots, skis. Um, They've sent me lots of skis. I was so, I think I I was like almost in tears when I opened my box from Rosignol this year, just expecting like a bunch of normal skis and I open them up and I've got Tatum's fish skis in there like I wasn't expecting that wow um so that was probably the most exciting moment of my (laughs) winter was opening the box and seeing those and since I've I've gotten about five pairs this year Mm. with and like pivot bindings skis a few pairs of boots 
and then all my outerwear. And I don't know, I, I also am super proud because I don't think there's better skis. Like I love my skis. Like nice. I have so many different skis for different things. And I feel very, very lucky to be with Rosigno. And I also am on contract for the summer. I'm supposed to be getting like trail running supplies and a mountain bike this nice. year. Nice. The bike's yeah. very cool looking. Yeah, I'm very excited for the bike actually. That's so funny that you finally switched to Rosy because your entire <laughs> racing career Nanad was pushing so hard to get you on Rosy. And then who would have thought that as soon as you retire, <laughs> we'd finally get you to the dark side. And yeah. I mean, you look like you're killing it. It's very cool to watch. Do you think that you'll ever end up in like free ride competitions or are you pretty set on just working as like a sort of influencer for them? Yeah. So this year I just wanted to be out here and see what it was like and kind of take it all in. Mm-hmm. But I definitely have my eyes set on making goals this summer. Nice. And I don't know what those goals are going to be yet because I'm pretty torn in the sense that technically I could keep doing exactly what I'm doing like work more influencer still be on my contract they love that it's going well so far or but I I want to work towards things and obviously the free ride um competitions are a huge one mm-hmm. um so I've thought a lot about that, or I've thought a lot about trying to more make a name for myself and get in some movies. That could be the other path I would take. That's very cool. Um, yeah, I'm a little bit skeptical with the competitions. I definitely love competing, but I'm the most competitive person there is. <laughs> and putting myself in a competition where it's it can be like the worst icy competitions and you have to put down a run, a run you've never skied that you're inspecting from far away and you can get yourself on a cliff and instead of stopping and knowing exactly where you are, you can't do that in a competition. I'm a little bit afraid of myself in those competitions of what I might end up doing. So I really got a, I'm not very good at calculated (laughs) risks. So (laughs) I don't know if that's the best option for me, but I'm so intrigued by it. Yeah, I am not sure what I will end up doing next year. Um, I do have that snowmobile and backcountry skiing is something I really like. And you're always skiing in good snow. Pretty much you go to find the good snow. If there's not good snow, you build a jump into a (laughs) patch of good snow for movies. And it just seems like, kind of more my style but it's the same stress levels like those crews are waking up at sometimes in the spring like 5 a.m trying to be the first one out there the first one to the spines and it's definitely also stressful but I think I'm ready to take like something stressful on I just don't know if the competing stress is the kind of stress I want. Yeah. I mean, you competed for so many years that maybe doing something completely out of your comfort zone, like movies does sound so cool. And I think that it would really like you're building this brand for yourself. And I think Mm -hmm. that that type of thing would be very cool. 
I mean, <laughs> I'll watch the yeah. movie. I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, there's lots of really good girls coming up right now, though, so it would be difficult to try and squeeze my way into one of them. Yeah, uh, we shall see. I make some goals and really try and stick to them, and I'm on people who you never know. So yeah, we'll see. Um, what is this? Is going to be my last big question for you, but. What is your advice for an athlete who is trying to transition out of competition into a different, like different path? So whether that's school or work or whatever it may be, do you have any advice on how you handled it and maybe something that you would have potentially done differently? I would say just kind of embrace your decisions. Like, make a decision and really run with it. Like that's what I did. And that's how you kind of figure out if you like what you're doing or not. Um, I don't like to have to do anything. So yeah, that's what I did. I embraced school and I loved it until I realized what I was, big part of myself that I was missing. And then I came out here and I've been really embracing skiing. Like I ski, at least six days a week and if I don't something's really wrong and I love it I love every single day um so yeah I don't know just kind of do what you like and try and make it into a lifestyle that seems like what successful people are doing right now trying to make what they like into a lifestyle wow that's very good advice and (laughs) thank you so much for spending your time chatting with me I always love hearing what you're up to and I think that your approach to post-ski racing life is very cool and I like that it also has taken many different turns so (laughs) (laughs) thanks for sharing your stories and hopefully you'll get into a cool movie and I can interview you again about the whole process because that would be so cool that would be the dream (laughs) (laughs) It was so great having Meg on the show. She brings a very unique aspect to my podcast because while she's not a present ski racer, she did spend most of her life pursuing that dream. And it was clear that when she retired, she really wanted to escape the world of skiing. And like she said, she went away to university to try to distance herself from it. But ultimately, I think she realized that it is such a big part of her and she finally fully embraced it and it's so cool to see her doing something just so inspiring and she's basically the face of Rosie in North America like it is really cool to watch all the things she gets to do now and she's just really embracing her new lifestyle outside of ski racing and I think that any young racers or old racers who are kind of doing that transition away from the ski racing world can learn a lot from her experience because ultimately you do kind of need to escape that world for a little bit but I think it's really important to embrace that side of you and not try to run from it forever because when ski racing and skiing is such a major part of your life for so long you kind of mold with it and it is such a big part of you so Thank you so much for listening. I am so happy that I had Meg on the show and I can't wait to bring on new guests. 
So make sure to check in every week for new episodes and give me a five-star rating if you enjoyed this podcast. And yeah, I'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.